Welcome back to my lovely HP community. We have some enlightenment time. And on that note, we always talk about how to be a person that taps into your infinite higher human consciousness potential. So begins and ends with your own brain and begins and ends with your own ability to be mindful of your own brain. And I'm actually indicating the way you think, that left verbal mode, but also the emotions that arise, so the sensations, your right mode. And to have an integrated mind is the way you tap into your infinite higher human consciousness potential. Now, if you're in the Enlightenment Soul Age group from the side of a 5D and beyond mystic, it means you also have a knowing with the physics in mind, not the religious belief systems, with the physics of the stars and the gases and the chemistry, very basic. So being able to understand that science explains what spirituality shared with us prior to science, being able to have technology to see within those particles and areas, this is where it's not because we're a machine, it's not because we have to think of other dimensions of realities as, as real when you're grounded in your day-to-day -day life. And I, I talk about it like being a humble, regular you know, human being. I'm from the 80s. I grew up with cartoons and, and history and all that you know, basic stuff. So when you look at life from this angle of simplicity, you will find that science does give us answers. This doesn't cancel out the other stuff, but there are those who, with religion, comes an identity. With the relationship, for example, monogamy or even non-monogamy comes an identity. And they're going to be breaking down the self and this idea of identity and I'm going to use subject matters because so if there's one thing that is very clear for a 5DC person as a mystic, so someone who has only had a love cycle, we know our own self. My name's Maria. All the other aspects are part of the society that I live in and the subject matters that I read. They're part of a group of information as well. My personality involves my quirks. I'm forgetful. I remember... I can talk your head off, not your head off, like those personality traits, in this case, giving you the human perspective of the self are what make you yourself. Now, the self, though, does move through expansion. So example, in time, I learned not every person likes my talkative nature, and I learn how to gauge that and to have honest, open conversations. Okay directing that is easy for the person who has a love cycle versus a shame cycle because we don't change ourselves to make others happy our thoughts and emotions are ours doesn't matter how old a love cycle person will have began they will consistently be who they are and they have a basically secure attachment within their own body there's a restorative embodied self-experience it's all going to be okay now we will have aspects in our life so for me i had god and jesus jesus still stands god is the energy that we are all that's it not an entity no punishing or not punishing and even here there's no equation of suffering or not suffering it's if there's any equation that it will be it will be about the actual energetic mass and i and i don't know enough about that you know, again trying to share 
an enlightenment soul age group's perspective, a person who consistently has expanded this consciousness in this body, and I have a name, and is trying to support those who want to understand what Mahasamadhi Samadhi is, to understand that the spirituality doesn't mean you have to have done yoga or believe in anything. In fact, I've only added recently to my equip of things and tools, and thank you, Sadhguru, but the reality is I got some benefit, yes, from yoga. Yes, I could tell there's a different way of being able to have this consciousness, like with my eyes, if you will, and my body, like feeling more of a space, but the tapping into channeled guidance, the ability to rhythmically breathe, the ability to stay at ease. I, I've done this without yoga. Yoga is a portfolio of exercises that supports you using your ventral vagal nerve, as described by our lovely Stephen Porges, or your ventral vagal nervous system depends on. There's the Buddhist psychologist that they call it your ventral vagal nervous system. So I'm going to use those terms as well. This is our mammalian branch of the parasympathetic nervous system. And our brain went through an evolution. Ours are the human being that we are. Okay, so people who have a religious self, they can deconstruct. And this is where Patrick McNamara with his neuroscience and the whole studies he's, he's doing. When it comes to monogamy, non-monogamy, I was reading and still am finishing up Polysecure, and it's fascinating because there are aspects that totally, this is an identity, you know, that she is an expert who's going to help people to navigate this space if they want with a sense of security. It's great and dandy, but here, let me read one part that makes it clear where there's a interest, if you will, in allowing the identity to, to, to exist. It's, we have plenty of identities in this lovely world, so religious, spiritual, uh, people who will talk only about themselves as holistic, uh, the neurotypical, neuroatypical, you got plenty of people, they use titles and they feel these titles as their embodiment. A person who is the self of them, so again, my name's Maria, our identity, we don't have this stuff. These are all words, they describe different types of concepts, they can be a part of your life, they don't have to be, it's something that can come and go. The personality of you is what we will notice. So if you are, again, whatever traits you begin to take on, and really it's who you are. So some people, and it's not always easy to describe, but some people will always be quiet, for example, and a little bit more of a lower energy type. We look at those traits of what make you a person. The people that like to be around each other just to be around each other. The identities, we, we can figure it out because it, you'll make it clear what, what identity you are. Tapping into your higher consciousness is your choice, and a love cycle person easily does this. Shame cycle gets rid of the identity, and if they choose to want to become the person they are with this lightness, they can because you get rid of this shame feeling for those who have, again, a shame cycle. The love cycle, we don't have a shame feeling. If somebody makes me, makes points out, excuse me, because they can't make you, even though we will use those words. When people have pointed out that they don't appreciate the way that I love because they find it for those structures and those uh, types of mentalities in regards to love, okay? So here's where love, to a love cycle person is always is not one human being. 
independently from however old I was and beginning my life with Disney and lovely princes and kings and queens and all that stuff, never once did I consider a human being my object. So my teenage boyfriend, I'll use that as an example because you guys have heard enough of the stories. There was no issue with his cheating, meaning he chose to do something that should not be quote-unquote done because that's not actual how you treat each other you know this this doesn't make sense if you're in a relationship with me of any type friends included my best friend not telling me that they kissed him and that they basically did what they did and then throwing some other human being under the bus and I was again a teenager but still this was where I'm not going to cast a stone you ain't going to hell because you did all this shit this is not anything uh wow you basically made a conscious choice to lie to a friend, to do something behind a back. This means you are all insecure human beings because the minute that you are hiding something means you're afraid of it. It means you're ashamed of it. It means you don't have the courage to be yourself. The love cycle people will not shame people because they will reveal through their manipulative and or hidden ways fear. I don't laugh because it's funny. I laugh because people to this day want to equate that to evil. Evil, when I was a teenager, I contemplated if it ever existed. I've not met evil. I've met people that choose to do things that are heartbreaking. Two different things. So the word evil to people who have a relationship with emotions means something different. Love cycle people, we don't feel dead inside or afraid inside when we're experiencing emotions. Or if someone leaves us, we're going to be of course, a person who has emotions come up. And that's where the self of a person who taps into their higher human potential will not relate to their emotions as objects or to shame, blame, fault, revenge, do shit like that with people. No, this is going to be very clear that you're afraid of something. You don't know how to talk about it. You want to hide it away. Go for it. You know, at the end of the day, it's your life, not ours. And so it's easy for the person who has love to stay secure and to be oneself. The people who don't know how to be themselves, they have an identity, whether it be religious, whether it be a title doesn't matter they've chosen to take characteristics and they live them and then they don't recognize where their emotions come up and that's because they're not tending to them again shame cycle people there's a way that i want to read because uh, there's a way jessica talks about this uh right here and i've been shared this by people before so i understand that this human suffering and those who have basically Shame is a posture that our species will have taken on because when we were one with animals, we needed to follow the stronger person in our clan or in our tribe or whatever. And so as the therapists from my lovely NICABM courses teach me, this is where a person can get out of it. It's a posture. It's not you, but people will identify with it. I'm disgusting. I'm a problem. I'm broken, blah, blah, blah. And I say blah, 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 because honestly, it's like, wow, how long does it take you to figure out that you're worthy like any other person? But then again, I don't know the feeling of disgust of myself. So the minute someone can awaken to their actual intellect, because see, to me, if you're going to say you're a smart son of a bitch, well, let me think. If you still have shame, you ain't smart. Somehow you're blinded to your own shame. Now, I can understand it. I can have compassion. Oh, I will. But don't tell me you're smart, because if you're smart, 
then sooner or later you'd figure out this entire facade. It's like with spiritual bypassing. I've seen people become egoic. They're, equal, they're equated to those who are narcissistic. It's a sad story to see a person become meshed with this identity and to think of themselves as something that they're not. It's even sadder for someone like me who has moved into a sphere of knowing you got these 24 hours. You're going to live it like that. Very, very interesting. Keep on thinking you're smart. Go for it. Humanly speaking. I was a teenager and this is exactly how I thought, but with a lot less compassion and with the idea that God would come in and, you know, you would basically uh, have a way to, to learn again, because of course this is the part God isn't evil. You would learn again. You'd be taught about life, the, the gift that life is. It's always about the life that is a gift. The gift is love. The gift is though about being a human and, and people don't realize the fear of being human and the shame of being human and they equate it to a story versus our evolution so shame is a posture as our older flight fight freeze nervous system response that served us as one with animals very simple don't need a story we grew out of it we got from a reptilian brain to mammalian brain we got to start feeling emotions because we started to farm be in a, in a group we were able to build what our um, emotional sharing with each other. In fact, that's when we learned about co-regulation. Until then, the reptilian nervous system alone doesn't co-regulate. There's fight, flight, freeze. It's all about self-preservation. And that's exactly where some of those people want to stay. And they're going to be uh, using their chemistry in their body in a way that tires them out. Uh, like the tiger that jumps and then, you know, he has to rest or she does uh, think that, yeah, I can do she, he with the tiger, but basically the physiology of a person who's only using their self-preservation mode going to get tired out, period. We don't need to, to meddle with you. You go, go for it. Get older, get, get more sick, whatever it is. The part about energy, FYI, this is even more upsetting in the sense of this is so sad. All the people in the middle with the holistic naturopathy, they're, they're just you know full-on immersed in their extremism not noticing that their emotional self is what really you want to tend to. So if you don't learn how to be equanimous with the anger that comes up, if you don't learn how to be equanimous with happiness that comes up for you, if you don't learn how to work with your energy, you're not going to expand more. You're not going to learn softness. Your body is going to stay tense. Like You won't notice these differences. People look up enlightenment, yet they don't notice their body. The feminine, by the way. So let me read. Before I go to Jessica, I'm going to read a sad guru quote, which I was like, okay, yes and no, meaning it's, it's not necessary, but it is necessary for those who don't have a restorative embodied self, excuse me, because yoga, again, helps you to put into practice and to, to work your ventral vagus nerve, your human mammalian newer nervous system, because the reptilian is pretty much functioning really great for you. It has taught you how to help to preserve yourself. Now, some people, they want to work with it. The non-secure attachment people, they want to work with the, for the avoidant, they want to work with their disconnected self because that's where they're going to not feel life because they had to turn off, you know, the seat of emotion and certain things and they look like rocks and they don't feel, they're not there because their body is turned, turned off because they were in the first year of life, not being met, 
not being seen, not being soothed, not being hugged. They didn't get enough skin time. Their body, at the moment you, you share emotions, it gets uncomfortable because they don't know safety with emotions. Their right brain stuff has not been able to put, be put in practice. They need a person who will be consistently emotionally supportive, comforting there, nagging, if you will, and even pushing a little bit that button, which they will feel uncomfortableness if they choose to want to move out of it because they're like, but I want human contact. I know it's natural for me to want that, not this then they might get themselves out of that at some point and softness will achieve their body and it will be nice. They'll turn on that lovely nervous system in a way of, oh, let me have a hug. I want a hug. And they'll begin to feel it in their body. So that self goes from disconnected to being connected. The ambivalent, they're hyper. They need to learn how to be okay, that it'll be okay. People will be back. They won't leave you. They won't drop you. And this is something of anxiety going away, but within a body, disorganized or disorganized they have to figure out how to turn off their defense mechanism which wants them to keep fuck, fucking with running away from anyone that wants to love them that's one then they got to figure out if they want to truly embrace love or not that attachment are they going to give love a shot what are they going to do and and those individuals if they figure it out i'm so happy for them because they might feel better about themselves knowing i'm not abnormal i just had a fucking horrible attachment situation go down but i can work with it because now i know humanly speaking all people can work with their suffering the somatic sensory motor good trauma experts can explain it all for you attachment theory go learn about it that's all you need to figure out in polyvagal theory and you can at least start working with your body the Religious stuff, the uh, decision of how to lead your relationships, the calling yourself whatever name. These, this is something teenagers did. It's not to me shocking to see adults do the same. What I'm shocked about is these adults think they are smart. They will know how to regurgitate to me books. They will not know anything about what's going on with their emotions. And I'm definitely not going to point it out to them. Why? Because those adaptive children, all of them are, ah, they come yelling at you because they're all insecure. And, and again, that's where pointing out things to people doesn't help them to become secure, just helps them to get all charged up and re-traumatized. So no, we're not going to meddle with it. Let them live their half-life and they are going to find groups of people that want to do drama with them. And that's what it's called to keep on living the different soul age groups. Now, some people, they actually believe that certain aspects are going to persist here's where the self of those people don't don't actually again come to clarity and realize us human beings we expand consciously because we build information and really is there a reason that we need to be talking about what happens to us as a species does does it not makes sense to people that we're using a brain and that we have schools and that we learn. I, I personally, again, don't understand how people don't relate to what we have built. So we build tools with our hands and we build books. What part of building information and giving answers to the meaning of life doesn't make sense in your brain? Now that emotions can rule you, I got it. This part, it's very clear, but if you're learning anything from TV, anything, how are you not learning? My question is, how are people not hearing information for what it is? It, it, they, all people do stories, is that what it is? It's just a story? It's one of those questions I'm just posing, food for thought for anyone. Okay, so sad guru, 
the Shambhavi is something which can inflame the feminine in you. The feminine in you, in this case, I'm going to start equating it, right mode of your brain, seeing all patterns of patterns, but you want to make sure you know yourself first. So before you can know yourself, you're going to have to get a hold of your emotional stuff because that's yourself, all your charge states, not your thoughts. Your thoughts are part of it, but it's really the story you tell yourself. Once you begin to recognize your story, then you're getting somewhere. What does that mean? It means you start looking at the patterns of what you're doing in your day-to-day -day with, with whoever, whatever, okay, your family of origin. Oh, look, wait, this word, ah, okay. When you start spotting yourself and you, that's when you're starting to get a hold of it. Now, the sooner you embrace love, the sooner you're going to have a joy right of your life. The more you want to sit within those petty emotions as a kid, there, thank you, confirmation, the more you're just going to sit there. It's your life, not anybody else. So the minute you can actually embrace equanimity because you choose love, see, it's not hard for a person to choose equanimity because what this means is if you treat me like shit, do I want to treat you like shit back? No. Why? It's not nice. Why? Because it hurts to be treated like shit. Why? Because it's fucking not nice. And that is all. Choosing how you're going to treat other people. People justify their implicit memory stuff, their charge states. They justify the emotion that arises from heartbreak. It's very easy to notice when your heart is sad. And it's very easy to notice that you don't want to do something because of sadness, because that would make you mean, quote-unquote, or shitty, quote-unquote, the part about what someone does to you, this is where what? In the Bible or wherever. Do unto others what you want to be done to yourself. Why would I ever hurt you? It's a very simple equation. So no matter what type of suffering a person can have, which I understand physically, why they would make such choices, but really it's because they consciously chose, I'm going to justify treating you like shit because I feel like shit and that is all. And in fact, it's not evil. It's a human being's free will. There's an explanation for why it happens, not justification. It's called trauma. It's called seeing it. It's called choosing it. It's called a person choosing to sit and stay within a limited version of themselves. So let me finish with the sad guru quote, the Shambhavi is something which can inflame the feminine in you because if you don't keep yourself aside, it cannot happen. So here's where he's talking about the ego. You can't keep yourself aside. I mean, you can, but this is where you're not going to become that higher human potential. You can. You're just going to be a person who's practicing one aspect of life. It's not something that you do. It is something that you allow. That's the most uh, beautiful aspect of Shambhavi is you cannot really do it only if you allow it. It's like a flood if you try to do it properly, technically, nothing will happen because the practice itself doesn't do anything. <laughs> if, you allow the, the, if you allow it, then the innermost core, which is the basis of creation, finds full expression. Obviously, this is like jibber-jabber to people, but what he's talking about makes sense if you understand that your ventral vagal state is what gives you the ability to feel this feminine, the, the part of you that is the feminine, it's a person who can be in a state of compassion. So when we're in a state of physiological compassion, your ventral vagal nervous system is engaged, so that means you're safe in your body, you're in a restorative embodied self, it's all going to be okay. 
So love is there because you're safe in your physiology. Now, people who don't know this state, I don't understand it. I don't know what it's like to be in a body that I can't feel. But what I've been described is heartbreak, gut-wrenched, torn apart. What I've been described is that there's a modality of disgust within oneself for themselves. It's horrible. It's fucking horrible to think that a human being with a dysregulated body feels that way and or modulated modulated they start to get all cocky and stuff but it's still it's horrible i can only imagine how tiresome that may feel but i see people consistently living it day in and day out so the reality is yoga helps you because it helps you the human you to put into practice ventral vagal nervous system mindfulness helps you to start working with your neocortex it's your thinking brain it's the younger part of your brain the mammalian is where I think the limbic system, the emotions are, and the brainstem is where the fight, flight, freeze stuff comes up. So if you feel defensive, frustrated, anger, that's your fight, flight. Just consider those charge states from this nervous system safety behavior aspect, the reptilian part. It's not about shaming yourself. It's about beginning to work with the breath because that allows you to work your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. Breath begins to regulate you. You choose, let me breathe. Now that you know it's you working, this, you know, get get off, turn off, fight, flight. We don't need you. There ain't no physical danger. There's no lion chasing me. Next step, your emotions, the mammalian stuff. Okay, let me calm the fuck down and not be my adaptive child for a minute. Instead of getting angry and pissy and starting the little story wheel, shame, blame, fault, revenge, that little narrative, hero, villain, all this shit. Let me not do that. Let me just breathe for a minute. Let calm down emotions. Go to equanimity. Let me choose love versus shame, blame, fault, revenge, retaliation. Let me just sit in silence for a second. Let me accept forgiveness. The past will never fucking change. This is something, and I am all up in this because to me, again, teenager, didn't know any of this. Very easy to know, okay, you just pushed me. It happened. I'm not going to be able to change that you fucking pushed me. No, no, no. It took place. What did I learn from it? Proactiveness. There you go. Here's our prefrontal cortex. Mm. Very easy. Oh, I feel horrible about this shit. Yeah, it's not going to go away by drinking it away or doing some other random stuff. No, it's here. Okay. So the part about Jessica where she says how for some people... Basically, the moving from monogamy to non-monogamy disrupts their sense of self and their inner and outer safety in ways that can feel unbearable and unsustainable. And that is where it was fascinating to see how she talks about this because she completely is making a case for poly secure but it's in a way that i would say it's opinionated is what i'm trying to get to um, but it makes sense since people always will be different types of soul age groups so some need an identity they won't navigate only the self and when i say only the self i mean that you can differentiate between you the person and then the fact that you go through transformation and i'll give you an example in a minute 
Okay, so I'm going to read from page 129. People struggling with the transition from monogamy to uh, CNM means consensual non-monogamy may also find themselves without practical support, yada, yada. Right here is where this is an identity already because if you need someone to support you on a choice you've made for yourself, that equals a human being who is saying, I want to feel safe about my choice, but only if you give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. And if you don't, then I'm going to be upset about my choice. Is it your choice or is it not your choice? Which one is it? Taking ownership of choices is what a person who's consistently choosing love with themselves is doing. If I'm choosing shame, means I'm going to let my tribe tell me, cool, great, good job. I enjoy that you've made that choice. It's very straightforward if you're independent or not independent agent of yourself doesn't mean we don't coexist means i give myself approval to do whatever the fuck i want within the grounds of my life and you can tell me if you like it or not you're a differentiated self i'm a differentiated self oh you don't like it it's okay we don't have to speak to each other you don't have to like me i'm not invading your water don't worry i got my government people that i'm going to vote for and hope to make peace with all these countries i don't need to involve myself in what lifestyle religion idea opinion you can cast all the stones you want we ain't in the medieval times thank goodness at least not where i'm from other countries they're still potentially needing their people to rise up and say hey fuck this shit but they need their own timing because they have their own belief system going on we're not here to meddle with them meaning every country you know do yourself right so this is where countries were created somehow <laughs> for reasons apparently i don't know like Honestly, I think we're not going to be always that way, but that's just my opinion. So here's where she goes on to say, the couples that are struggling, uh, and um, they go to get counsel. She says to me, telling people who are struggling with the transition from monogamy to CNM to go back to monogamy because CNM is just too difficult would be like telling the new parents of an infant who are struggling without sleep or personal time that maybe they shouldn't, they should just send the kid back since they didn't have any of these issues before the child arrived. This analogy may seem ridiculous. Yes, it, it actually is. It's not about it being ridiculous. It's that it's completely out of context because you choosing if you want to be monogamous or not is actually not only a personal choice, but it's something that with the attachment foundation the reason why attachment um what's the word researchers support monogamy is because you will seek to have at least one constant figure in your life this is normal as Sadhguru will have presented and any other person will have presented the emotional safety of you is something that you as a mammal will learn thanks to co-regulation you're gonna need one column at the very least. This is where we may be a species that has alloparenting, but you begin as an infant. So long story short, while I understand the purpose of her book and who she's going to support, Jessica, and all this stuff, same thing with religion. When you break it down, you're a person. I'm a person. We begin life at zero ages. We apparently, according to evolutionary science, went from only having a reptilian nervous system to now having this, you know, mammalian nervous system. We have a brain that evolved. It moved into having a neocortex. The thoughts come after emotions. There's a very basic way in which these trauma experts, somatic experts have explained to me as I learn how the body works. 
And when I see people who are all their adaptive children, they all will tell me how conscious they are of the choices they're making. They all will have either mastery over their charge states in a way that they're okay with, and they treat each other however they've made up that it's okay, and they all have an identity, and they all have their belief. They, this is what even I, all of us have what is our personality with our temperament, with our choices, with our stories, with our thoughts. This is something 8 billion plus of us. So no matter how many different ways a person presents personally to me something, I will always see the individual is still their own island and there's a whole buttload of things that happen and we can know from the foundation because we're all human what it means to live life, to know that we die, to have this secondary consciousness. Okay, you begin at zero years of age. You have an attachment system. It needs to, it, how does Daniel Siegel explains that we have an experience expectancy of contingent communication. It expects to be seen, to be sued, to be heard, to be safe. This is a freaking body. It's not a thinking brain yet. It's emotional. The minute you're not being fed Imagine day after day after day, I'm hungry. I'm not being fucking fed in my mouth. My, my stomach is rumbling. I don't know what anything is that's happening. This is why, to me, it makes so much sense that fear is the shame or the, you know, shame we feel it by three years on. But this state of agitation, so the fight, flight, freeze, that the body of people who have unresolved trauma and situations of non-secure attachment or disorganized have dysregulated, modulated bodies. Their body did the best it could. Switch on and off, on and off, on and off between fight and freeze, fight and freeze, fight and freeze. The flight probably only takes place in certain circumstances and still that's going to be uncomfortable as hell. So of course you're going to learn to suppress through different things. Eating your hands, eating one's hands is self-soothing. The child begins biting their, their finger and sucking their thumbs. There's, there's mannerisms that begin. You're going to grow into a kid that's going to start playing with dirt. And, you know, th this is where people don't think of the basics. Long story short, you need one, at least one person you can rely on to have some form of sanity in your emotional realm. Somehow your body's going to figure out how to fucking attach to someone, <laughs> whether it's healthy or not. And what I'm trying to point out is that it's, it's very silly to me that she uses the kid because the kid is a choice by people to want to have kids. Monogamy, non-monogamy, it's something different. And we're creating a conversation out of it right now in 2023 because finally there's enough you know, people out there that are like, okay, this stuff of religion, we don't believe in it. This stuff of institution, we don't believe in it. But when you go in it and look into what they face, it's the same shit because they don't have their emotional stuff under wraps. What emotional? They don't become grown-ups from the teenage years. They don't look at, oh, I did have a family. I do want safety. I do want people to love me. They don't look at being a human with the basics of, of course, you're going to want someone not to push you. You're going to want a constant. That's what gives you a sense of safety. No matter how someone will twist it for the person who loves life as a human, I will always know exactly what leads a person to choose fear. And it's called insecurity. And it's called a person who didn't make a choice of how to be in their life because 
it's very easy to fall upon those who will, you know, attract whatever it is your story is telling you, really. Um, and that's all I have. I mean, for me, it's actually, again, I, I do not look down upon humanity. I look straight at them because we're all people. And then I can also look up and say, wow, I know you have it in you to be smart. I know it because I'm a human. I know you have it in you to know what feeling is like. And FYI, thank you, somatic experts, for letting me in on the fact that all human bodies seek to bring their person back to restored embodied self. And all of those lovely bodies, the brain too, seeks to reintegrate and bring that trauma memory to normal memory. It wants your brain to be healthy. Lo and behold, biology, your body's memory, your body's intelligence is trying to make you into a fucking awesome human being. However, people don't know that that trauma that comes up is going to be painful in different ways. And that equals, simply put, emotional sadness, depth of despair, depth of uh, this suffering that the one lady says that you can only lean into with compassion, with tenderness, and that's what people don't do. They don't do that the minute the emotion arises. They justify it. They make up excuses. They do things and they keep repeating this cycle. It's a very sad thing. So let me finish reading and then we'll continue a little bit more for our food for thought here. Um, this analogy may seem ridiculous because you literally can't send the kid back, but that can be exactly what it can feel like for people who have made the transition out of monogamy into CNM especially for people who experience CNM not as a lifestyle choice but as who they fundamentally are. Culturally, we know better than to tell people to give their kids away when they're struggling with the realities of parenthood. We also know not to tell a person who is struggling with the realities of coming out as lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender that they should just go back to being straight or go back to being their birth gender since being LGBT in a mostly straight and gender binarized world is just too hard but when it comes to cnm our well-intentioned friends family and even helping professionals do not necessarily know better and they can be quick to point the finger at cnm as the problem this mindset is often fueled by the fear that if a couple opens up their relationship it is inevitable that they will then break up or get divorced even though many couples stay together after opening up it is true that many will eventually split up but relationships do not end because CNM was the problem or the cause of relationship struggles, but because of the experience of major relationship paradigm shift that can create so much tumult. Um, the massive shift is what, you know, uh, creates a sense of self that needs to reevaluate itself. All that she is listing essentially leads back to the very same equation. A person and their self versus the identity which is structured based on the society around us okay so shame is what leads people to making decisions what i mean by that is if you say i'm polyamorous based on lifestyle or orientation to a person who is empowered in their enlightenment soul age group doesn't really matter the difference would be that one is felt and the other is chosen for external but the minute you get insecure is the minute that i know in either cases you have not worked out the emotions within yourself to be in a state of this is what i feel and what i do choose and 
essentially I'm not ashamed of it. I will not allow social, external, anyone or anything to create an emotion of insecurity. Why? Because this is not a life or death, physically speaking, situation. This is a personal, subjective choice that can be judged, that can be not judged. And you equate this to what every person who will tell me they don't care about what people think, but then they ignore that they do care. We all care because we're all mammals. We co-regulate. So it is about becoming aware of this shame, this social emotion, which is what to this day. So when I do any type of job that is new, for example, because see for relationships, to me, relationships have always been a plus. You can like me, you don't have to. I'm not going to come and be like whatever you want me to be. No, you can accept me. If you don't, I'm okay with that. Work different. I embody my work, meaning I, well, I get paid for my work. So really for me, this is, I'm going to be respectful to the person who's paying me. I've been taught it. I know it's societal. But this has an exchange. Work has a physical exchange. And it is then also a representation of who I am. So I will make sure that I do my best because I want to be at that best. Okay. Having said all of this, when I go in and do stuff, I get still, I get very nervous. And I, it takes me time and time before I get confident in the sense of ease with my emotions of fucking up. And that it can be okay. You all know the story of the one job that I did where it was just basically horrendous. I walked out like a dog with your, you know, your, your tail between your legs. I didn't feel ashamed as in, oh my God, I'm going to go kill myself right now. But that's because life means the world to me. I have known people that felt so much shame. And this was in college, my first roommate, I'll never forget how hard she was on herself for losing floppy disks. And I'm a perfectionist, meaning I would give myself crap about stuff too as a kid and a young adult. I learned in time, this is bullshit. I ain't going to give myself crap about this. This is going to happen. So I learned to ease up. But it's because of the emotion not being true and not being that big of a deal because of growing up. That woman she I don't even know if she ever got out of her way but she just gave herself it was days that she just I'm so stupid I'm so stupid and I'm like what you're not stupid it happens you know like this happens so I don't and anyone who doesn't live a life with this inner critic outer critic we don't feel disgusted about ourselves like that we don't feel insecure about the choices if you are yourself, you accept who you are and you're able to see the shame stuff, the emotion, and you're going to know it makes sense. I'm a person. Of course, I care about the external environment. I'm not going to let it dictate how I feel about myself inside. That would be ridiculous. That's for the people who have a love cycle. The shame cycle, it's first they need to get out of this mess and realize it's, it's being human to fuck up. So here's where she says, um, being non-monogamous can seriously disrupt the person's sense of self as well as their inner and outer safety in ways that can feel unbearable and be unsustainable. When transitioning into non-monogamy, there are several different ways that people experience challenges with their attachment system. Knowing where your specific attachment challenges stem from is an important part in healing. And then she goes on to talk about disruptions. The other part, though, that was fascinating was she creates basically a map to guide people through sticking with CNM. This was what got me. So 
you're trying to say that people have to be given support to lead a CNM style, but that's not really true, meaning if someone cannot handle feeling safe with a type of CNM, this is actually quite normal. They need one constant figure, not the allo parenting is for a child growing up. Then you, when you choose attachment figures as you become teenager, that's again your choice because it's a natural mammalian heritage to be in multiple romantic relationships because here's where she's only describing it in that way in the first place. Some of us were polyamorous because we unconsciously love our entire oversoul and all people so here's where it doesn't have to be romantic it doesn't even have to be in fact sexual in any way shape or form and it doesn't have to be where it's beyond friendship but there can be particularly for the 5d mystic i mean i have twin flames soulmates they're not just friends so this is why in this case polyamory and a solo poly fits the bill transitioning was not challenging for me because it happened naturally on its own and because when you're a person who is the self that you are you always speak from the heart authentically you don't lie about who you love to the people you love you tell them i love this person this person that person you have open conversations you're not hiding because you don't have shame about your preferences sexually whatever it is you don't have shame even if there is shame you don't hide the fear you speak the fear. This is the part of where you will humiliate yourself, but you'll be honest. Love cycle people don't lie because, again, it's not, why would I lie? Why would you lie, push a loved one? There's, or even if you push, why not talk about that push? There is no fear in being a human for the people who are in their enlightenment. So, Adrian, from a 5D mystic perspective with secure attachment, these are people who love life every day and they've only grown here. The same people know that there is no evil, devil, none of that. Even in my, again, prime with the whole God thing, I still knew that people who hurt are people who are hurting. And, you know, the, the part that really always sticks out, as I shared with you that one song when I was hearing it, you only hurt the people you love this is by Elvis my equation was well that's true because who better than your loved ones to teach you how to be a loving person I mean I would want my love my my loved ones to be the one to teach me how to live in this world because the world is definitely full of surprises so the way that I was able to see this immediately was I want my my love that's the best gift ever I get to learn from my loved ones so even if they hurt me it will still be something that will help me to learn to be safe that's where personality is every one of you has a story you will have been able to use the love cycle people we got a good fucking awesome story and we don't suffer because of that and when we look to the past we only see blessings not because of a god not because of an entity there is very much um heartbreak if you will it's always fascinating it's not heartbreak it's it's one of those for me personally this whole channeled guidance mysticism it always feels so not true in the sense of it's it's so weird to know stuff before it happens 
and to have so much actual knowledge that you, you don't even know how, how do I use what I know. But we, we've realized we don't have to use it. We're just the ones who have it. That's it. Meaning you just know that you're one with life and life is one with you. And it's something special that you achieve because you don't disconnect from being a human. I'm, I'm talking from the human perspective of, of enlightenment. And, and it's something amazing to be able and sit and stand and, and let you in on this from a perspective that I have yet to see out there. And long story short, Jessica, she keeps on using these in this uh, list of things. What she gives is structure. What she's giving is not a guide. It's a structure. As long as someone needs someone to tell them how to live life, you're not yourself. It's, it's not about... Um, it's, it's about you taking ownership of your thoughts and emotions. It's about you knowing that it gets uncomfortable when people don't agree with you. This is basic trauma information that I've learned. It's basically people moving from being their teenage self to an adult. That's all it is. That's all it is. Now, people who have shame in the depths of their bones, that is where, man, they, they really could use a lot more safe harbors, but just the average bare person, I've seen them turn around, stay in suffering. I mean, some people right now are going through a lot and they are just now at their age learning how to be equanimous. I have only words of support and love and, you know, here's where I take steps back and remember what's what. But in my brain, I'm thinking, I was a teenager, I learned this. Uh, it wasn't very hard to figure out that we all don't like to be, again, emotionally hurt and to walk with the emotions since they're in your body. This, the, the body is yours. So those who have numbness, this is different. The ones who had abuse, neglect in a way that numbed them from their body, they, they actually can't feel their bodies in ways that those who have the middle ground can. The majority of people are the middle ground. And so, again, I'm, I'm pointing out something different, not that we need to create a mass in the sense of, um, how can I say this, that we should be aware, or I'm aware, that most people chose fear just because they didn't grow up. This is what I'm trying to say. Because as long as you're able to coexist with whatever is within you, 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 you don't have the level of numbness and disconnect that creates a shit show in your life. Because those people are with the experts. They've either been sent to them or they are there. Because the reality is, or they're not here with us at all. Okay, this is where if you're that un, uh, unalive inside, you will have to get somewhere, something. Because life will lead itself to keep living. The people in the middle, they chose certain things with ease and others want to blame a system or structure or the movies. No, they chose when they began as teenagers. There's not only a pruning process, you begin to choose your other alloparenting. So the one constant figure, important. That is definitely important because that's who you're going to use as your example. If there's two, great. Those are your two. It doesn't matter what they gave you. They will be your two constants. It's up to you then to look back and forth, back and forth and say, wait, but am I happy? Do I want to be this? Is, is this me? This is you beginning to be your differentiated self, taking 
you and saying, those are my parents, that's my family, but I have my own personality. I have my own way of feeling. It's the family of origin that you disconnect from in a way of this is who I am and that's who they are. And that's where if you can be in a love bubble by yourself and know I'm still safe, I'm still soothed, I'm still loved. This is my family. I don't care and they don't care if I am who I am or this is the unconditional love with flaws and imperfections. You're not breaking any laws. You're not doing anything physically harmful. You're being your own unique personality. You accepting it and loving your family with their quirks and feeling light at your heart. This is the part choosing it's okay to be different. I'm not going to feel shame. You're out of the shame. This is people don't do that. They keep pointing fingers at each other. Shame, blame, fault, revenge. My mom doesn't love me. My dad doesn't love me. And they, or the, oh, my mom's a narcissist. My father's a narcissist. This is, this is all identities. Nobody's actually doing anything to create a sense of security within their body. So even if that moves into relationship land with people, doesn't matter. There's not resolving what is from within. C and M doesn't have to be the choice. And for me personally, if people are not able to feel secure, they should not be trying that that gets worse and more traumatizing because you have a person who doesn't know who they are yet that's going to continue to destabilize them so while again i understand that polysecure serves for those who will stick through it but reality is i consistently see that if a person can't find a sense of stability within themselves they waste a lot of time it's a sad thing and what they really just need is one good person which in this case a therapist definitely or a guide but not to lead them into multiple love means you need to be able and love. This means you need to have a heart that can give from within for you. Otherwise, you're not ready to love more. You're just doing it in a different way for other reasons. So it's actually, again, something that I wouldn't personally continue to advise, which is why, although I get what she says about how they're not, you know, people who make the transition are not being supported, Maybe it's more of they should be made aware of the fact that this insecure attachment is what you want to work with first. And so to be able and unconditionally love you with flaws and imperfections, others, then life, accept that which is you know emotionally impactful and to be able and keep moving with love in your forefront and not shame or blame or revenge or, you know, oh, humanity sucks, life sucks, you know, whatever it is. The minute a person can become self-empowered is a person who is from within themselves aware that, of course, when I do something that society will judge, meaning my family, meaning my friends, meaning others, I will perceive that. I will know this. I will sense it. We even have the brain that has this awareness. That's the side, whatever they call them. Remember, this is the, the part that the psychopath doesn't turn on the amygdala and the orbital or orbital whatever cortex i think it is so we the ones whose structure functions you'll have this orbital cortex be engaged you'll know that you're being judged and you'll have an emotional moment with it if you're the grown-up version of you furthermore restorative embodied self integrated mind so you're handling yourself and you know you know what whatever you say i will let you in on what i feel you don't like it you don't like it you like it we don't Again, there ain't no lying. I'm just going to spell it out. <clears throat> Relationships are beautiful the 5DC way because we grow up. 
we grow up together and this is where for the 5d mystic we are always growing up twin flames soulmates over soul we're going to be speaking our truths because we're not ashamed of having emotions we will have emotions and we will spell them as any human being will that doesn't hide behind shame and that doesn't ruminate with suffering and that doesn't again excuse their actual fear with a hero villain story whatever it is the adaptive child harsh unforgiving not learning new skills and you know again the average bear does this i see them all over the place even the people in their spirituality soul age group all, all the individuals who have yet to move into true empowerment have something to say about each other and this is where the emotions are clear if you can choose love you will rise into more of a loving person and you will be able to include more people if you don't then that energy stays a bit more limited it's not good or bad it just is you're tapping into your infinite higher human consciousness potential or you're not looking forward to hearing from you if you have any questions have a wonderful day